That doesn't sound like a recession to me. Thank you very much. Internet, this is it. It is July 29th in the year 2022. It is Friday, which means that it is the last work day of the month before August. And yours truly, your favorite YouTube host, Dave Rubin, is going off the grid for August. So this is a very special live stream. We're probably going to go for a couple hours. We got announcements. We got giveaways. We've got a yearly recap. We've got so much more. My God, it's going to be nuts. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, the team is pumped today. Everyone is feeling good. Everyone's about to take a little time off. I, I gave them projects and things to do throughout August, but in many ways, this is what our whole year leads to. It leads to this time just to get off the machines, to be humans, to see family perhaps, to take a walk, to do other things. And, you know, as you guys know, this will now be my fifth, this is my fifth or my sixth. This is the fifth. We had to check this morning because I've been doing this for a while now. So this is my fifth off the grid August. Oh, and I should mention, by the way, it's my sister's birthday and my sister works for us. Great lady. And she's eight months pregnant. Tal, happy birthday. I wish you a happy birthday in person too. But, you know, here we go. It's the internet. Uh, so, you know, when I started doing this off the grid thing, it really was just sort of a joke. I, I kind of did it as just like, could it be done? Like, could I throw my phone in a safe? Could I not look at my computer? Could I not check the news, not look at my iPad, just get off all the stuff. Because the internet, we all know, it's like they gave us social media and we thought it was gonna make us more social. And in many ways, it's made us more crazy. It's like, it's the catch 22 of the internet and the internet really is a tool and a tool can be used for good or bad. A hammer can, you know, hammer in a nail and then, you know, your house doesn't fall down or you can use a hammer to crack someone's skull. Sometimes someone's attacking you and you want to crack their skull. That's a good t use of a hammer. Uh, sometimes you're murdering somebody. Not a good use of a hammer. So that's what the internet is. And they gave us social media. We thought it was going to make us more social, but we know it made us more anxiety ridden and angry and crazy and, and frustrated with strangers and then this cancel culture thing and all of this stuff. So when I did this a couple of years ago, I kind of saw all that, I guess early, I suppose. And that's probably directly connected to my political evolution as well. And I was like, let me just try. Let me just try it. And I tried it one year and it was freaking amazing. Um, you know, the year that I tried it also was coming off a year when my career was really blowing up. I had done that while I left the left video. Uh, suddenly I was getting all this endless hate from the lefties. And as you guys know, I developed from all the, the stress of all of that, which I wasn't dealing with well. And I was getting death threats, you know, from the tolerant, diverse lefty, the nice people. Uh, it was before we called them wokesters or whatever. Uh, I developed alopecia areata. I had lost like 40% of my hair, just fallen out in chunks. I was on this crazy experimental medication. I, I get into all this in, in Don't Burn This Book. Um, and I was like, I, I just want to try something. I just want to try to get off this thing. Like it's a lark. Let's just see if, if it can even be done. Can a human do it? People are afraid to get offline for literally a day or a weekend. Um, and I did it and it was incredible. And we traveled a little bit and we just didn't do much. 
people always ask me, well, what do you do? I don't know. I don't do much. We've, we've traveled. We've done some pretty awesome vacations. We've done some rainforest things in Mexico. We've done the Bora Bora over the water, just staring out into oblivion thing. I catch up on some reading or I don't read anything. I literally will just kind of like just stare at the ocean for a couple hours a day, really have my coffee, just enjoy life and air and take a lot of walks and all that good stuff. Um, and that's why I started doing it. And I really, truly believe that one of the reasons that I've stayed sane while doing politics, because I have no doubt that, uh, I know you don't want me to know this, but I'm probably not the only show you watch. There are other internet people doing internet politics shows. Uh, but a lot of people go crazy. A lot of people that I've interviewed, a lot of people that I was in cahoots with, they all, politics just made, it breaks people. And then, you know, Trump derangement syndrome and all these things. And so many people just become broken and endlessly obsessed by all of it. And you guys know the way I do the show. It's, it's to not be broken and endlessly obsessed by it. It's actually to, to know the, enough stuff about the world and about politics so that you can be happier and live a good life. And I think I've done a pretty good job of that. And it's directly connected to doing this off the grid thing. So uh, this off the grid obviously will be very different than all the other off the grids because this off the grid, uh, we have a baby arriving, could be any day now, any day. We were just at the OBGYN uh, two days ago. Baby is big, baby has all the fingers, the nose, all the stuff that a baby has, and uh, baby's thinking about coming out. So uh, it's gonna be very, very different. Uh, we're gonna have a baby which is a whole big thing. And uh, I guess I'm gonna be a dad, that's a big thing. And uh, we're gonna have to figure out, I know everyone said you gotta catch up on the sleep. So I've been trying to get ahead on the sleep. Uh, and uh, so we're not gonna be traveling, we're just gonna be here and, and kind of shift in to that next stage of life. Um, and you know, a lot of people have been asking me, how do you feel? This is, you know, how do you feel you're gonna be a dad? How do you feel? And I have to say, it's like, I'm not, uh, I'm not nervous really. Like I know we're gonna be good. Uh, I know that this baby, these babies, cause there's another one coming in October that they're gonna be, be loved and surrounded by, by great people and great extended family and all of those things. So I'm not really nervous about that. I think, I think David will be really good at a lot of the sort of nitty gritty stuff. And you know, I'll be pretty good at uh, teaching this kid how to shoot basketball and gun, actually, now that we're here in Florida, that was not the original plan, but you know, we can do that too. And uh, I, I just think it's gonna be good. The one feeling that I've had, I guess, that that's worth mentioning, um, is that in some ways the last couple weeks, now that we've been getting to the finish line here, it's like we're getting to the finish line of a certain life that I've known. And especially these last like five years, my life has been pretty great. Like. I've done what I've wanted to do. I, I'm successful. Uh, I, we've got resources. I have great friends and a team around me and all of those things. Like I've accomplished a lot. I built a company and sold a company. Like I've become now here in Florida, like I'm, I'm in with the political people that I want to be in with. Like I really did it somehow. I don't even know how I did it to some degree. You just do it and then you look back and you go, boy, I guess something good happened. But I do see a sort of finish line of the life that I've known and I see it and it could be tomorrow. It could literally be today. I mean, I guess we could get a text, hopefully not while I'm live streaming today, uh, that we gotta go to the hospital. And it's like, I can see that life kind of closing. So in some ways I've been sort of mourning the life that I've known. And I guess, you know, it's kind of interesting cause I'm 46 and you know, a lot of people, I would say most people, although people are having children later in life now, you know, most people have kids probably in their mid twenties into their thirties. 
Um, so that finish line that I'm seeing, a lot of people get to that finish line a lot younger than me, but I'm getting to that finish line now, and I know there will be great things on the other side of the finish line. After you get on the other side of that finish line, then a whole other world starts, and then there are many other finish lines along the way. And I guess you're really never finished until, until that last moment, right? Um, but I have been sort of mourning just like the, the good life that I've had, and, but also with the knowledge that like, all right, it was good and there's something good on the horizon. Uh, so I'm very, uh, I'm very excited for the next month and, uh, and I'm excited for what we're going to do today because we got a lot to get to. So we're going to do some, uh, some recap over the last year because we realized a couple of days ago as we were putting this show together, we were like, man, a lot did happen this year. Not only personally moves and politically and everything else, but just like a huge, a tremendous amount happened. I, I think I can speak for everyone in this room. Has a year ever gone by in any of your lives faster than this? Like, this was nuts. Like, I feel like I got to Florida yesterday. It is just, it has just happened faster and faster and faster. And, uh, all right. So we're going to do the, my favorite moments, the top 10 moments of, uh, political moments, current event moments of the year since I got back in last September 1st. Uh, we're going to do a Ruben Report Locals Community Q&A. Oh, and I should mention that we are doing a, a promo today only. This is our best deal of the year. We're only doing it for 24 hours only today. If you go to rubenreport.locals.com or if you go to rubenreport.com slash support, actually, that's, that's the one you should really go to because the code's already in. Ruben, there it is right there on the screen. Good man. Uh, rubenreport.com slash support and you sign up for our Locals community annually, you will get three months free and for a bunch of people we got a whole bunch of shirts we're moving merch we got a lot going on in the house we got to make room for the baby we got a whole bunch of sh shirts Ruben report shirts we're just going to send some to people who sign up today so you can get the Ruben report shirt if you sign up today we're going to get out as many as we can i can't promise to everybody that signs out today signs up today but it's only if you do the annual membership you get three months free it's rubenreport.com slash support and you are good to go and then you can communicate with us and get involved in the live chat and you get videos early and all of that good stuff. Okay, uh, let me talk to you guys about realestateagentsitrust.com real quick and then we will dive into what is a, a big show today. It's a big show. Can you tell people it's a big show? Uh, you guys know that buying or selling a home is already one of the most stressful things you can do and it can be 10 times worse if you're not working with the right agent. Generally speaking, our homes are our biggest investment, which of course is a ton of responsibility and you need an agent who takes that seriously. And that's why I recommend Real Estate Agents I Trust. They work with only the best agents in every market. They do their homework, talking to every agent before inviting them to join their network. And here's a big one. They only work with full-time pros, no part-time or inexperienced agents. Their team makes the introduction and then follows you through the buying or selling process to make sure that you're satisfied. The agents they work with have long track records and are the best sellers in their field. They're part of this audience. They share your values and they're almost anywhere you want to go. Just go over to realestateagentsitrust.com today. Give them some info. They'll contact you. You will move to the free state of Florida and live happily ever after. That is what you will do. All right, people, if you're just jumping in on the live stream, I'm going off the grid, baby. Uh, so we're recapping the year. We're going to do uh, a community Q&A. Uh, I'll make a couple announcements in a little bit. And then I will be back on September 1st in, actually, I'll tease a little something. I will be in our local studio here in Miami. We have been building studios uh, so that uh, locals creators, including yours truly, 
can start doing in-person interviews again. You know, we did a couple in-person interviews that we did, that we shot here at my house, but trying to, uh, especially with kids coming, trying to get some of this stuff out of my house. So uh, we built studios. They are, they are almost done in Miami. And the first thing that will be shot at local studio will be my back on the grid show, uh, which will be on September 1st with a very special guest. I don't want to say who it is, but it's a very special guest. So go through your Rolodex of special people and it might be one of them. And uh, that's it. All right, so let's do uh, a little recap. We thought we'd first do a little recap of what has happened in the year. You know, one of the things I'm always talking to you guys about is things happen so fast now, right? And we're so slammed with social media, we're so slammed with the endless news cycle, all this stuff, that we literally forget things that happened yesterday, the week before, the month before, the year before, and then they just kind of keep us on this crazy ride. So I think it is good to look back and say, hey, what happened in this past year? So first off, if we go all the way back to September of last year, so September of 2021, I got back on the grid, and as you may remember, at that time, California was going through a recall. They were trying to recall Gavin Newsom, and I gotta put some money in the jar, because we will help somebody get out of Cali and move to Florida. California was going through the recall, and Larry Elder, of course, was the leading candidate to take out evil soulless Gavin Newsom. And right when I got back, uh, the recall, I believe the day of the recall was September 11th, so we had about 10, 11 days to really push as hard as we could, to really fire up people. And I met, I met literally thousands of people while touring with Larry, and we did everything we could to fight. Didn't work out the way we wanted, uh, but you may remember this little video from one of the events that we did back in September. Nobody is sweating like Gavin Newsom right this very moment. Newsom is tweeting this and he's bringing in his spectacularly loved uh, surrogates like Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar. Yeah, okay. He brought in a fake Native American from Boston to tell us how we should live. Okay. And what they're afraid of is that Larry Elder from the hood who went to a public school will be able to make the case to black and brown people. You are being betrayed. You are being used. Man, I could have teared up while watching that. It was a great, we tried. We did everything we could do. And, and whether you get that win or not, and we did not get that win, and subsequently my life changed an awful lot after that, which we'll get to in just a moment, uh, it's worth trying. It's worth fighting the good fight. And Larry, who the media called the black face of white supremacy, and Joe Biden showed up and refused to say his name the day before the recall and called him a Trump clone, a guy who was from the hood, son of a janitor and all that stuff. It's like, it was worth the fight. So that's how the year started. I think, of, I think of my year as sort of a September to August year. That's how the year kind of kicked off like a school year for us. And uh, it was worthy. Three days after the recall failed, uh, I was audited by the state of California. And I believe that was the day I said to David, I'm leaving this shithole. You can come with me if you'd like, but I'm getting out of here. And then very quickly, uh, we started putting the pieces together to escape and get to the free state of Florida. Uh, October, we're doing one thing for each month. October was a huge month 
uh, for everything that I had been working on for a long, long time because Rumble and Locals officially merged. I think we have the announcement piece right there. Uh, so you guys know I started Locals a couple years ago. I didn't know what the high hell I was doing. I said, uh, I said to Jordan Peterson, like, let's build something together. Let's see if we can figure this thing out. Let's replace Patreon. Like everyone's complaining about all of this stuff. This was a few years back, uh, 2018. And uh, Jordan then, of course, obviously he had some health issues, so he stepped away. I kept building locals. We got investors. We, we built something really, really awesome. Uh, those of you that I communicate with every day in the locals community, you know all about it. Uh, actually, one of my proudest moments in the last two years is uh, it was a little over a year ago. It was December of last year. And we're trying to raise money for locals before we had merged with Rumble. We're trying to raise this money. And I go to this big meeting in Miami, this dinner, and I'm sitting at a table with all these investors and we're trying to, you know, we're selling locals, we're trying to, you know, raise some funds. And I said, you know what guys, we keep all talking about this. I'm sitting at a table, big table with all these investors. I said, we're all talking about this, but forget this. I, I could sell this thing to you all day long. Why don't I just post in my locals community right now? Hey guys, give me your unfiltered feelings about what locals is all about. And if you're enjoying this community and all of this stuff. And I did it, I did not even look at my phone. I said, I said I'm gonna now hand my phone around the table and I handed my phone around the table and I said, you guys, the investors, you guys just look. And you guys who are, who are watching on Locals now, we got hundreds of responses. And then we got a bunch of investors that day. Uh, it was just a really awesome moment. But in any event, in October, we merged with Rumble. We are building the parallel economy. We are building the parallel pipes of the internet. I, I do not believe that Twitter and YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and the metaverse and all those things are gonna last forever. Big things fail and uh, we are building new and better products. Uh, so that is absolutely just awesome. And I'm very excited about that. So that was the highlight of October that we merged and I, and it was really cool. You know, I didn't, I didn't plan on becoming a tech guy, but I busted my butt. Uh, and the guys in this room know who, who also busted their butts in the middle of that and helping me out. It was like more of my days were going to building locals than even doing the show. It was really, it was really crazy. And I'm, and I'm still trying to help locals and rumble grow. And we've got some major announcements on that front. Uh, coming in the fall as well. Uh, November, now I had already decided that I was gonna move. This is, I have not announced this. I don't think I've ever said what I'm about to say publicly before. It, by November, we had already, mentally I had decided that I was going to go to Florida. But then I went to Nashville to do Candace Owens' show. There you, there I am with Candace and Rob Smith. And for a brief moment, ladies and gentlemen, it is true, we almost moved to Nashville. I saw a house in Nashville. Michael was with me. It was, how would you say that house was? Beautiful. We saw a house. I thought about it. I said, could I put on the boots? Could I put on the cowboy hat? Could I wear the little lariat and go and, you know, hang out at a honky tonk and eat fried bologna for breakfast? Could I live that life? Yeah, they eat fried bologna. Yeah. Uh, and then I decided not to, but it was, we almost moved to Nashville. That's a little something. So that happened in November. And then in December, once I had already decided what we were gonna do and we had already purchased the house, I finally made the announcement that we were leaving the communist dystopian nightmare of California. Take a look. So I'll give you the, the bumper sticker uh, announcement right now and then I'm gonna go into some of my thinking. But yes, it is true. I am moving to the great, to the free, and the alligator-filled state of Florida. Yes, that's right, we have movers in my house 
right now. I'm out of here in a couple days. This has been a long time coming. Uh, I tried my best to save California. California does not want to be saved. Uh, my entire team, Connor, you still coming? Connor's coming. I got the thumbs up. Michael, you're still coming. Miami Mike's coming. Uh, my entire team is moving to Florida with me. This was no uh, easy feat, but everyone's excited to get the hell out of here and go to a place where our talents and skills and passions will be rewarded. All right. First off, I have to say, uh, I think Florida's been pretty kind. I think I've lost a little weight. I feel good. Skin looks a little more alive. You know, that's very nice. Uh, but yes, that was a huge moment. That was a huge moment. You know, to have my whole team, you know, it was funny. One of the things that I was worried about, like, you don't know when you just make a decision about your life. Like, are the people around you going to be happy with you, with you for you, uh, friends, family, uh, but especially the people you work with and all of these guys and, and Helen and my whole team, everybody was like, yes, we want out. Please take us with you. So it was more of an exodus than anything else. And uh, then, of course, uh, we've got video. I was very, very excited at this moment. Uh, you may remember this. I, I had a, a good friend who's uh, who's got some means, and I we didn't know what we were gonna do with Clyde because you know you have to fly across the country. Uh, I didn't want to put Clyde under the plane, which is what you have to do. And there are you hear these like horrible stories of dogs that don't make it. You know these cross country flights. So I contacted a friend who's who's got a couple bucks, and he lent us his plane. It was my only my second time in a in a private plane ever, but lent us a plane to escape communist California. Me, Clyde, David, David's sister was with us, helping us out. And uh, here is video landing in the free state of Florida. This was the evening of December 17th, 2021, the very moment that we landed in Florida. day in a moment that I will never, ever, ever forget. And to my buddy who hooked us up with the plane, we'll, we'll uh, always be appreciative of that. Uh, but then it started, it started to turn. Uh, I got to Florida. I could taste freedom. I could feel that fresh air and uh, see all of the reptiles. Uh, we got settled for a little bit. It was about two, three weeks of getting settled. And of course, that was Christmas time as well. That's when everyone got COVID, including us. Uh, and then finally, uh, in January, we did our first Rubin Report, uh, and the good folks over at Newsmax let us use their studio for a week or two. Uh, here's my first, a little snippet of my first moment back on the show, back in studio from Florida. That's the good stuff. And if I'm right, if all of our hard work has paid off, 
if all of the computer machines and the electronic wires and all of the weirdo gadgets that these two fine gentlemen who are in this room with me right now have been fiddling with all day, if all of that has come together, if that red light that I'm staring into is working, then this is officially the first Ruben report from my new house in Florida. There is an awful lot to talk about. This is a rare nighttime show for us, but we got the keys at about noon today. It was a mad dash to get in here. It has taken about two and a half, almost three weeks extra to actually get in here. I thought we were gonna get to Florida. Uh, well, I know when we got to Florida, which was December 18th. I thought maybe we could close on the house right before Christmas. Then I thought it could be right after Christmas. Then it looked like it was gonna be right after New Year. Then some other stuff happened. Then all hell broke loose, whole bunch of things related to COVID and delays and banks and loans and all these different people pushing paper across desks. But we made it. We are in. We've been busting our butts all day long. And this is my first show from our temporary Florida home studio. All right, so we got back in studio. Things started to come together. Life was feeling good. We got into the new house. The team was assembled. Uh, and then, and then kind of life started moving and settling in and all that. Uh, February was a really uh, interesting month because something huge did happen in February. You may remember this, uh, when Rumble made the $100 million offer to Joe Rogan. And I think I mentioned this on the show. I was the one that came up with the idea and I actually, uh, I wrote the note and we got it off to Rogan. It was 100% legit. Uh, it, was a, it was a way that we could show that, you know, this of course was when Spotify was, you know, everyone was saying Spotify is gonna ax him and you know, Joe Rogan's a racist because he said the N-word, even though he never said the N-word to be racist or anything else. Uh, but it was just another nice moment of just like fighting the good fight and not just talking about all of this stuff, like getting out there and doing it. So even though Rogan didn't pick us up on that offer, maybe he will in the future, and I just thought it was like, let's get out there and fight. Let's fight censorship, let's fight for free speech, let's fight for an America that, you know, was something that was something that we all remembered that was pretty good and we kind of handed it away. And it was also that moment, I felt was a, a good moment in one of the themes that I talk about all the time here, that this tide was turning and that the disaffected liberals, say the Joe Rogans, the Bill Mars, et cetera, that they were starting to wake up. And I felt really strongly about that. And I think over the last couple of months, we've seen more and more of that. You know, Rogan, who's now saying he'll support DeSantis and, and a whole bunch of other things. So March was an interesting month. Uh, now we're getting a little bit more to the news stuff and a little bit less from the, uh, to the life stuff in March because the show was kind of cooking. We're feeling good about things. And then March was, was a crazy month in the news because March was when a uh, crazy communist leader uh, up there in Canada, Justin Trudeau, uh, was locking everybody down. And then these Canadian truckers, this group of people who really just wanted to live free and go to work and not be stuck in their house and not... Uh, be just under the endless oppression of the government uh, when they decided to come together in a fully grassroots way and fight the government. And I know we have a huge amount of, of viewers, tremendous amount of viewers in Canada. And it's large part because I've paid attention to these issues that have been completely ignored by the mainstream. But whether it was lockdowns, vaccines, masks, all of it led to the endless battle that we all see, this, this freedom versus tyranny battle that we're all in 
in these last couple of years because of all the COVID stuff. Whether we like it or not, the battle is at our, it's at our doorstep right now. And I was very proud to be one of the people that was leading the fight uh, and defending these truckers. And you know, then Trudeau was freezing their bank accounts and a whole bunch more. So uh, we were in that fight bigly, as they say, in March. This is Trudeau talking about the country that he admires most. There's a level of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China. Um, because their you know, basic dictatorship is allowing them uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime. It's so beautiful when they tell you exactly what they are. And that's exactly what he did there. I come in with rainbows and unicorns and tolerance and love and LGBTQI, what are all the other letters? LGDP, uh, LGT, LBT. And why does he admire China? Because China doesn't give a flying F about their citizens' individual rights. And I sound like a nice guy, but really what I am is an awful authoritarian. So that's what was going on in March. And uh, again, I give, I give mad credit as the kids say, I give mad credit to every single person who in Canada stood up against their authoritarian government and Justin Trudeau, who's just a really, really horrible person. And he's a stooge of Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum and all of that stuff. So I was glad to be able to amplify some voices in, in that moment. That led us to April and uh, something big did happen in April. We launched my second book and went on tour. That's right. Don't Burn This Country came out. We did a, a entirely sold out tour across the country uh, with all sorts of guests. There's Megan Kelly in West Nyack, New York. That was, I believe that's San Jose. What a great theater. That's the San Jose Improv with Douglas Murray. I'm not even sure. I think that might be Chicago if I'm not. Oh, that's, uh, that's uh, Tempe. Uh, no, yeah, Tempe. That's Tempe, Arizona right there where Blake Masters and Charlie Kirk join me. That's Dallas where Chad Prather joined me. Glenn Beck got laryngitis that night, so he said that Glenn Beck. Uh, but the tour was awesome. Getting back out there, seeing people again, right? I mean, I had been seeing people in Florida, but to do, you know, a totally sold out, just amazing energy tour and meeting all you guys. And yes, doing the one second hug, which I only did if people requested. That became a theme. People were always like, well, do I get the one second hug? And it's like, well, you gotta ask me. I can't run around hugging all of you. That would be weird. And you know, there's a limit to the amount of hugs. Uh, there were many husbands who often would forego their hugs so that the wife could get a two second hug. Sometimes wives would forego their hug so that the husband could get a two second hug, which I always thought was a little bizarre. Uh, but I got just to meet so many people and, and see the fruits of what we talk about here that People were kind of all over the map politically. Yeah, there was like broadly people sort of thought themselves as conservatives or something like that. Uh, but people weren't obsessed with gay marriage and they weren't obsessed with whether you want to smoke weed in your bedroom at night or just like that people just really came together in the name of freedom and they were disaffected liberals. And by the way, there were plenty of religious conservatives and all of these things and it was all coming together and I got to celebrate that for, for more than a month because the tour uh, ended up going into May and then into June and it was just absolutely fantastic. We'll get to more of that in just a moment. In May, the big thing was that uh, because I mentioned a moment ago, you know, these, these disaffected liberals, these Rogan, B Bill Maher types who are kind of coming around and slow, but they, that they're, for the average, I don't like the phrase average, but for the, for the person out there, uh, who's waiting for someone else to give a signal, the signals have started to come. So the big thing in May was that Elon Musk said that, no, he's not a Democrat anymore. He's been a Democrat his whole life, but he was gonna do it. He was gonna vote. 
for those scary Republicans. Um, you know, the, the, the reality is uh, that, that Twitter at this point, you know, has uh, a very far left bias. Um, and I, I would class myself as, as a moderate and you know, neither Republican nor, nor Democrat. Um, and in fact, uh, I have voted, voted overwhelmingly for Democrats uh, historically, overwhelmingly. Like, I, I'm not sure I, I might never have voted for a Republican, just to be clear. Right. Um, now, now, this election, I would. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good moment, pretty good moment. Then of course, then Elon, Elon got into the, the battle with Twitter, whether he was gonna buy it or not buy it. He, at the very least at this point, has exposed Twitter to be complete nonsense. And I do have to say, out of all of the, the social media platforms that I'm about to take a break from, Twitter's the one that kind of sits there in my head, like of all of them, is am I gonna actually go back to Twitter? I guess we shall see. Um, Jordan Peterson, obviously, after he got banned for his tweet about Ellen Page, who, or I guess Elliot Page, who used to be Ellen Page, who was in X-Men, which is kind of funny, uh, is not on there anymore. Maybe that is the route that most sane people should be going. But at the very least, whether Elon gets it and defends free speech or not, he has exposed it to be a total cesspool of censorious insanity. So I think that that's great. So that's what happened in May. And it's just like another win, like good things were building throughout the year. Then in June, uh, we finished up the Don't Burn This Country tour, and we finished it up in Mickey Mouse's hometown of Orlando, Florida, with the man who smacked down the mouse. Yes, of course, you all know the governor of the free state of Florida, Ron DeSantis. Uh, he got into a fight with Disney because Disney decided that they wanted to brainwash all of your children and have your boys be girls and your girls be boys. And then, of course, the state... Uh, and actually the federal government, they have been teaching all these kids this gender nonsense and they do it privately without anyone knowing. It has nothing to do with gay or straight or any of those things. You guys know all that. So I did our last show uh, of the tour in Orlando with Governor DeSantis and I thought, could I say gay to the Ron DeSantis? What, what, what might happen? All right, so first off, we have to start with the obvious one. Gay. <laughs> He didn't even flinch, <laughs> nothing. And it was really just a, a fantastic moment. You know, a bunch of protesters show up and they disturb the show and all of that stuff. But it was just a perfect culmination uh, of the tour. It really like storybook for me couldn't have been better that the governor of the state that I came to that I'm now fighting for that I think is the tip of the spear of freedom. And if America is gonna continue and the Western world is continue, it's all right here. And to, to finish the tour, with him was absolutely fantastic. And then as, uh, as some of you know, and some of you have seen, we then took my uh, 40 or 45 minute uh, standup that I did before we brought Ron DeSantis on stage and I released my first ever standup special, which annual subscribers on Locals get absolutely free, which by the way, in case you forgot, little ra radio reset for you. If you go to rubenreport.com support today only, this is the best deal of the year. It's the only day we're doing this. You get three months free off an annual membership and you get the special free and a whole bunch more. Uh, here's a little uh, promo of the standup special. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome host of the Rubin Report, author of Don't Burn This Country, and new Floridian, Dave Rubin! 
So they're out there, and if you saw these people, they're they're chanting. They're literally chanting, "We say gay," at my show. I don't just say it. I mean, I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Disney has lost forty-one billion dollars. Donald Duck is wandering the streets of Orlando, sucking dick for a hot lunch. How many of you are conservatives? Okay, conservatives. That basically means you have a job. So, good for you guys. Ben Shapiro is very mean and very scary. Ben Shapiro is four foot six, okay? He's actually in my pocket right now. You guys want to see him? All right, so that was June. It was just a great way to end the month and, uh, and end the tour. It was just absolutely fantastic. And then July rolled around, and then in July, uh, and we're at the end of July right now, I think the big thing for this month is I did an interview with Jordan Peterson, and Jordan Peterson, of course, uh, has just announced that he is moving over to the Daily Wire, uh, and he asked me to do the first interview on his show. So for the first time, him interviewing me, I've interviewed him, you know, well, if you add the tour, and I've interviewed him hundreds of times, uh, but you know, on camera I've interviewed him probably a dozen times or so, uh, but we flipped the script and Jordan felt that it was, it was important and vital that we have a conversation uh, around a gay couple having kids and the importance of family and all those things and how he influenced me all along the way. Uh, and I was honored and thrilled to be Jordan's first guest on his Daily Wire show. And actually, if you haven't seen it, much of it's on his YouTube channel, but you can get it on the Daily Wire. It probably was the most important public conversation I've ever had, certainly the most personal. And we, we went deep and we knew we left a lot on the table too. Uh, so we probably will pick it up. But here's just a little piece of my chat with Jordan Peterson. If you would have said to me 10 years ago that I'd be having this conversation publicly, first off, that, mm -hmm. I'd, be, that I'd be married, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have believed you. That I'd have, be having kids, I wouldn't have believed you. That I would be willing to talk about this or even right. someone that even someone that someone else might look to to help map it for them, I'd say you were completely insane. Mm -hmm. um, this is not really something, you know, I'd rather talk about politics. I'd rather talk about the yeah, culture well, wars important. and well, all this, of these other things. This is a political but issue a, too, yes. because we're trying to sketch out a pathway, I suppose. I mean, our culture appears to have decided that gay marriage is, well, I don't know if acceptable is the right word, it's become part of the structure of marriage itself. And so now the question is, okay, what does that mean? We went deep. We talked about things that are not talked about. We talked about the stuff that's tough related to all of this and that you can have sort of the standard and what are the things that you can have roughly approximate to that and how does a family uh, grow if it's different than say the norm. And we all grow up in families that are probably different than the norm and the ideal and all of those things, meaning there are plenty of straight families who have you know, a parent that abandons the kids or is an alcoholic or the parents are emotionally unavailable and all of those things. And then you have same sex couples and it's just different. It's just different. People think that automatically means it's worse. It doesn't. It doesn't. You could have same-sex parents that are really fantastic and give that kid all that love and all that stuff and safety and security and, and thoughtfulness and, and set them out on the world in a great way. And you can have that from a straight couple or a gay couple. Every, every, so we just dived into 
absolutely all that. And it's just the beginning. We're going to pick it up, you know, uh, on the other side of parenthood for me. So that, that was July. And then of course these, you know, these last couple of weeks where we've been just sort of getting ready for this, this, this off the grid moment. So we have a gajillion questions from the Ruben Report community. And then I've got my 10 craziest moments of the year, like the 10 craziest clips or sort of most meaningful or silly or ridiculous clips that we could find. Uh, real quick though, guys, I gotta remind you, if you have not bought them yet, you gotta get the Blaze socks. They've got all of these limited release, limited edition socks. You can go to blazesocks.com, use co- promo code RubenSocks. You can get the big D energy. I really thought that was me at first when they uh, when they sent this us, sent this to us, but it's Ron DeSantis uh, and he's owning the libs, of course. And you've got Klaus Schwab and you've got Joe Biden riding his convertible into hell and all of that good stuff. Uh, if you are a Blaze subscriber, you're gonna get an extra 20% off uh, and the rest of you can go to blazesocks.com, use promo code RubenSocks, put on some Blaze socks, feel good about life. Oh, and by the way, just one more little clerical thing. If you do the, the sign up over at uh, rubenreport.com slash support, not only do you get three months off the annual today only, but we're gonna send out as many of these Ruben Report shirts as possible. We're moving stock today. We gotta make room for milk and diapers and other such stuff for the kids. So that's what we're gonna do. Uh, all right, let's jump into the Ruben Report community Q&A and you guys can keep throwing in questions. They'll throw them on the fly to me. And then, as I said, we'll get back to the, uh, to the top 10 moments and all that good stuff. Uh, Mark says, Dave, upon your return, what are a couple of things that you hope to hear and a couple of things absolutely hope not to hear? Whew, well, hope to hear, I mean, it would be nice if things got saner, but there's almost no way to map that, right? Like it would be nice if perhaps the Biden administration, you know, maybe was like, actually, we're not gonna be raising taxes right now. We're not gonna be endlessly printing money. I mean, Joe Biden gave a speech yesterday. It was after we did our live stream. Uh, That was absolutely terrible. I mean, they basically want to raise taxes on corporations, keep printing money. And the same people who wreck the economy, they just think that they still have all the answers. And of course we know they're redefining the word uh, recession right now. I mean, literally doing it in real time. Wikipedia, the, the, the definition of the word recession on Wikipedia was edited 38 times yesterday in the official Wikipedia entry. So it's just, it's just all endless propaganda everywhere. So the thing I would love to come back to is like some sense of normalcy or like a little sort of reversal of how things have been. But like, I can't even imagine how that could be at a national level. I can believe it at a federal level. I have a feeling I'll come back to Florida that will be even stronger, right? Ron DeSantis will be about a month and a half out from crushing his reelection and continuing all the good work that he's done here. So I'll feel good about that, I think. But it's hard to figure out like what could be good that has anything to do with the culture war or the, or the political war that would sort of reverse and things would be good. I don't know, which is why I believe in, in the local thing. As for things I, I really wouldn't want to come back to, I mean, I don't even want to say this, but I do think, I think it is literally 50-50 that Joe Biden will even be president by the time I come back. I think the way he has broken down, uh, we showed you that video yesterday where they have him so hopped up on these drugs and he can't blink anymore and COVID and he can't remember anything and all that stuff. Like, I would never want to come back to that because first off, I would like the president to be functional, but then we got President Kamala Harris and then they're going to figure out how to move Pelosi out and bring Newsom in. Like, 
I don't know. I don't even want to think about it, but, but th that's a weird thing. Like never in all the years that I've done the off the grid thing was I like, ah, there's a pretty good chance the president won't be the president when I get back. You know, we, last year, for example, I, I didn't, uh, I missed the Afghanistan withdrawal, which was a disaster. I didn't know it was going to happen and it was a disaster. It happened. The year before I missed that Kamala Harris was uh, announced the VP, John McCain died. Like every year there's some stuff. Andrew Cuomo was pushed out last August. You know, there's always some stuff. But this year it's full on like, I don't know that the president will be the president. That, that's a weird one. And it will be kind of interesting to see, you know, I'm really, we're gonna hunker down here at home and obviously we'll have family with us uh, around birth and all that stuff. But like, if the president's gone, like, will I, is, if I wander into Whole Foods, am I gonna hear it? Like, are people gonna be screaming or freaking out or, or happy or who knows, we shall see. Uh, Kelly says, I know this will be your most memorable time off the grid ever. Will you please send out some smoke signals out to your Reuben family when the little bundle arrives? Yes, this is gonna be the only thing we're gonna do. I'm not gonna do it myself because I won't have my phone or my computer or iPad or anything. Uh, but yes, we will post at least one picture of uh, happy uh, parents and a hopefully happy, healthy baby on, uh, on the day that he is born. Um, oh, I thought for a second I was giving away the sex, but we've already announced that. And ultimately we'll, get the, we'll let the kid decide. Uh, but uh, yeah, we will do that. That will be only for local subscribers. Nobody else not posting it across anything else and all that good stuff. And yes, this is gonna obviously be the most memorable of all of them. Although have, if you've never sat on an over the water bungalow in Bora Bora with your feet up having a little cappuccino in the morning. Could having a kid be better than that, honestly? Mm, yeah, maybe, all right. Christian says, uh, would you mind sharing some bits of advice you received from Jordan and Dennis? Also, you will surely be missed. I can't even imagine what the world will look like a month from now. So what you're referring to there, I only posted this in the locals community. Uh, I had Jordan Peterson and Dennis Prager over for dinner, just the three of us the other night um, and I felt like, you know, this is, I'm running out of days before I'm a parent. And it's like, who, who would I rather sit down than, than these two guys who have just so affected me uh, and helped me evolve and change and be a better person and stand up straight with my shoulders back and uh, put truth into the world and put some order into the world and all of those things. So uh, we had a great dinner. We had steak, as you can imagine. And uh, I did actually, then David joined us. And then a little later, uh, Tammy Jordan's wife joined us as well. Uh, Dennis's wife, Sue, uh, was back in Cali. Um, and uh, we sort of had them go around the table and, and kind of give us a little bit of advice. So some, some of it was kind of clerical. Uh, you know, Tammy gave us some stuff like, like serious, like functional stuff about, you know, holding the baby and skin to skin contact and little things like that. Jordan's advice, you know, was, was very Jordan Peterson, to be honest. It was, uh, it was very, you know, set guardrails for these kids, set walls that they know they can't punch through and they will respect you for that. And, and it was a lot of that sort of stuff. You know, Dennis, Dennis has affected me in a different way because I think, and I said this to Jordan and Dennis, you know, Jordan has affected me in the, in the sort of like, get your shit together. Get your shit together because if you're gonna bring a child into this world, you may as well have your shit together. Otherwise you're gonna hand a whole bunch of shit to this kid, right? So Jordan has really helped me on that front, right? And that's actually regardless of whether you have a kid or not. Like that's Jordan's main message. Get your shit together, get your shit together. And if you do that, I don't know, maybe something good will happen, right? That's Jordan. Dennis for me, and Dennis and I have become extremely close, and Dennis sort of feels like a, like a uncle or something to me. Um, Dennis has really reconnected me with a lot of the tradition and knowledge of my past. You know, Dennis got me 
going back to temple. Dan Dennis holds these high holiday services, which he does in Los Angeles, but I'm trying to get Dennis to Florida. We shall see if I can get Dennis and the whole PragerU operation to move here. Uh, but Dennis really connected me with that, connected me with the family thing again, the tradition thing again. Um, and he's just, they're just great. I mean, I, talk about privilege. People always talk about privilege. Like I'm privileged to know people that everyone want to meet and be part of their lives. And uh, that, is, that is pretty fantastic. Uh, Robin says, what are you looking forward to doing the most during your off the grid month? Um, well, one thing, I'll give you one thing. Uh, we have been doing a lot of construction around the house and I am told that today it's completed, which worked out nicely. Now, they've been telling me that for months. This is how things work in Joe Biden's economy because you can't get a screw, you can't get a window, you can't get drywall and everything's crazy expensive. But they are finally telling me everything will be done today. So what I would like to do tonight is smoke a giant ribeye. And uh, you know what? I'm going to feed you guys. You guys want to eat dinner? All right. Dinner it is for this, this group of people. Um, you know, what am I looking forward to the most? Honestly, like uh, the next couple of days, it's just like, you know, we're hoping technically the, the due date for, for the baby is August 22nd our gut feeling is it's going to be around the 15th. So I think we have about two weeks of like just a little detached, like get, you know, the house in order sort of stuff. Um, I don't know, just lay in the pool a little bit. I got a couple books I want to read, but like, we're not going to go anywhere. We're just going to hunker down. I'll probably, uh, you know, one of the things that happens in August and almost every August, I basically never put hairspray in my hair, usually wear a hat or a bandana. I pretty much don't shave. Days go by, I can tell you this, where I don't shower. I jump in the pool. It's a saltwater pool. It's very clean. You come out feeling clean. Don't shower for days. Rarely put shoes on. I got my, my flip-flops, or what are they called? Not flip-flops. What do I have? My sliders. Got the sliders. And I'm out there. And, uh, and it's always funny because when people see me, if I'm at a store, I'm at Home Depot or something, people are always like, come on, Dave. Come on, Dave. You have your phone on you. I know you're not off the grid. And I'm literally like at the store, like pulling out my pockets. I got nothing, man. Um, so I'm looking forward to, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll fully be Florida man by the end of this thing. Like, I'm just going to be like overly tanned, big ass beard, like look like I just got out of the jungle and then, and then baby, uh, Nick says, uh, basketball may require five players for each team, but since you and Candace Owens will each have two kids after this year, oh, and congratulations to Candace and George. Candace uh, just had her second baby, uh, Louise just about a week ago. Will you be planning a farmer? versus Ruben family scrimmage match for whenever they are old enough to play. I would like to do that. David and I have discussed, it's like, you know, I want these kids to play basketball. He wants these kids to play golf. He's a good golfer. I'm a good basketball player. Can they play both? What if they want soccer, which neither one of us like? What do we do with that? You can't give the kid away at that point, can you? You can't, from what I'm told. Uh, what if they like hockey? I don't like hockey at all. So we have to figure that out. You know, George, of course, is uh, Candace's husband, George. He's British. They may want cricket, but we will figure out something that, that will work. Uh, Kathy says, if you came back from your month off the grid and found out that Joe Biden was dead, would you be surprised? I mean, no. How sad, like how ridiculous and sad that is. Like, I take no pleasure in that. Absolutely no pleasure in that. And, and by the way, when I say that it's 50-50 that he may not be president when I come back, I mean, it's not that I think he necessarily will die, uh, but I think it's very possible that he will have a breakdown to the extent that the hiding of this nonsense, the conspiracy that 
is the conspiracy that nobody talks about. That's the real conspiracy, right? It's, it's not the conspiracy that they're hiding it. It's a conspiracy that everyone hides it on top of the people who are inside that are hiding it, right? Um, it may break down to the point that they won't be able to hide it anymore, right? It will just burst forth and be so obvious that they'll just have to take him out. Again, my, my feelings on this are that they want him to get through the midterms because then it'll be a disaster. They'll all pin the blame on him and then they get rid of him after the midterms. But I just think the truth is relative to the health. It's like, it could just happen at any moment. It's just how it is. Tappy Chef, will you be taking another trip to Bora Bora? Then you can catch up on your rest before you become a data. Uh, E-ticket ride, Dave. May the force be with you both in this next great adventure. God bless. Yeah, we can't do the, we can't do the big trip. Surrogate is here. Uh, had her and her kids over yesterday for pizza and a little pool time. Uh, and we can't, we can't go because we got to be there and be in the hospital and be ready, all hands on deck. It could literally happen at any moment. So there will be no Bora Bora. There will be no rainforest. This is it. This is what happens, guys. You know, you guys aren't married yet. You don't have kids yet. Enjoy it, guys. You know, are you, you hearing me? You got to enjoy it. Go to Bora Bora. Get out of here. Uh, a 60 dude says, all right, Dave, it's that time again. Do you have any predictions on major stories or updates? What will happen while you're off? The grid, um, what will happen? Well, look, the meltdown of the Democrats and, and the exposure of the nonsense will continue. There, there is just no way these people can reverse this thing. The inmates are running the asylum, the incompetent buffoons from top down, from, from Biden to Kamala Harris to Janet Yellen to Jean-Crin Pierre to all of the deputies and managers and all. Just the entire party has just been rotted out. And that happens to be the party that's in charge at the federal level right now. None of that is going to reverse. So I, I suspect just more nonsense, like just more nonsense. But it's like, what could happen? I don't know. Could, could the Ukraine war? It's like, is that happening anymore? Or are we funding it anymore? Are we in war? Could that go hot again? Could they bring back COVID? Could uh, monkeypox go bananas? Or could they just make you, you think that monkeypox is going bananas? Oh, and guys, I just want to reiterate, when I'm gone for August, no orgies. Just no anonymous orgies, all right? It's the one thing I ask. We don't cover that on the Rubin Report Health Insurance, okay? Uh, yeah, don't have orgies with a bunch of people you don't know if you'd like to avoid monkeypox. That's my uh, advice for you on that front. But it's like anything, it's, that's really what I feel right now. Like, and, and in, a, in a newer way, or I guess in a more specific way than in years past, it's like there is almost nothing, what could I possibly come back to that it would be like, oh, that happened, aren't you shocked? You know, like anything, the monkeys could take over the world, right? We could be living in Planet of the Apes and I'd be like, all right, what are you gonna do? You know, we, and we have a banana tree back there, so we'd be okay. Uh, Big Poppy says, do you worry that you may have a woke doctor delivering the babies and they will put TBD on the birth certificate? That's funny. No, I've met the doctor. He is a, he is a great OBGYN. We've met him. He's a really good dude, nice guy, like very warm and pleasant. I have no uh, indication that there is going to be a problem with him misgendering the child or anything like that. Um, uh, so I think we're going to be okay. I don't think he knew who I was, which I was sort of relieved in a way. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to be good on that front. Uh, Eamon says, what's an insult you received that you're proud of? Well, you know, people will say um, something, it'll be like, oh, you've sold out to the right. Like you've sold out to the right, which I always think is so hilarious. First off, I've done this show over the years, like I've always gone more and more independent. I've taken a million risks to keep building this thing. You know, I left uh, 
the Young Turks when we had basically nothing and I left our jobs and our health insurance. And then we left Aura TV and we went independent and we literally had nothing. And that night before we launched our Patreon, I had no idea if I was even gonna be able to live. Literally, we had like 2,000 bucks in our bank account. Like, and I took my team with me and, and it worked. Uh, we've always made the moves that I just thought were right. I've, I've gone in the direction that I thought was right politically, that I've, that I've gone in the right direction. Well, no, I'd say it this way. I, I went in the right direction that I thought was political and then through that opportunity presented itself. And then through that, I also made decisions to, to get more into the game, say by creating locals, that kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, you want to call me a sellout? Like, yes, I went, I moved to LA to become non-woke and fight the entire machine and campaign with the black face of white supremacy and, you know, be around conservatives who are supposed to hate gay people and all of those things. It's like, you know, that's another funny one. You know, these people, I'll see these tolerant, you know, these very tolerant lefties and they'll be like, Dave, see the conservatives hate you. And it's like, oh yeah, they hate me. That My book is a best selling book. We have all these people that watch the show. I tour all of these things. And it's like the people who hate me are always telling me that the people who like me hate me. It's a very weird thing. Very weird thing. Cheryl says, you say you love Seinfeld. Which episode is your favorite? That's a tough one. I would say they, it definitely involves either George's parents, the Costanzas, or Jerry's parents, obviously the Seinfelds. Marble Rye might be it. That dinner that George's parents have with Susan's parents when they're sitting there uh, is one of the funniest, absolute funniest things. And George's father about if you got the chicken and you got the hen, then who's doing it? And the whole thing's perverse. It's just like absolutely perfect. But I can pretty much watch any episode. I mean, Soup Nazi is fantastic. Like even the end, you know, a lot of people hated the end of Seinfeld, two-part episode where they all get arrested for not helping the fat guy. And then they all go on trial and they bring back all the old characters. And uh, Jer Larry David, who had left the show for the last two seasons, he came back and, and did it. A lot of people did not like it. I loved it. I thought it was a great, great ending to the, to the show. Uh, keep in mind, guys, we are gonna do our top 10 moments of the year when we do it. We'll do a few more questions. Maybe we'll jump from uh, questions. We'll do the top 10, come back to some questions. Why don't we do that? So I'll do one more question now. We'll do some top 10 and then we'll go from there. Lauren says, Dave, did you always want to be a stand-up or talk show host or did you have any desire to be a fireman or a baseball player when you were growing up? Do you have a preference? Whoops. Do you have a preference to uh, what you want your boys to do when they're older? Well, first off, I, I always wanted to be a basketball player, um, but alas, it, it never came to fruition. Um, but, um, you know, it, I guess it was meant to be that all of this was meant to be uh, a couple of years ago. I went into my high school yearbook and everyone in my high school yearbook, everyone wrote, you're going to host the tonight show one day. That's what everybody wrote. I don't even remember that from back then, but like my friends were all funny. Um, I did a little radio show at my high school at the time. Um, but it was, it was actually about basketball, but everyone said, you're going to host the tonight show. You're going to, you're going to be the next Johnny Carson and that kind of thing. Um, so I didn't end up hosting the tonight show, nor would I want to host the tonight show, but I did become a talk show host, I suppose. And, uh, and the stand up thing came around and, and somehow it all sort of worked as for what I want my kids to do. I mean, I hope something that, that gives them some sense of meaning that helps them build a life that they think is worthy of living and, uh, Sets them up, I suppose, in some way that's roughly approximate to how I've been set up here. Uh, all right, so we'll get to some more questions later. Why don't we do this, this top 10? These are the top 10 craziest moments. These are media moments. They are political moments. These are clips we have shown you throughout the year. We went through a whole, I mean, I assure you, 
to whittle it down to just 10 with some of the idiocy that is on MSNBC and The View and uh, a whole bunch more. Um, it was not easy, uh, but uh, here we go. So we're gonna do the top 10 moments. You're gonna remember some of these. Some of them you may have forgotten. Some of them you may wish you forgot. Here is number 10. In Massachusetts right now, those crisis pregnancy centers that are there to fool people who are looking for pregnancy termination help outnumber true abortion clinics by three to one. We need to shut them down here in Massachusetts and we need to shut them down all around the country. You should not be able to torture a pregnant person like that. Man, I know you guys remember that one because we played it a couple of times and it was only a couple of weeks ago and you should not be able to torture a pregnant person like that. You shouldn't be able to torture a pregnant person. That, that, that's what we call a woman, right? And having a baby, usually most women, uh, say that's the biggest blessing in their lives, that this is the most wonderful thing they could possibly do. And what that woman wants, Elizabeth Warren, that crazy communist who is worth millions and millions of dollars, who sends her kids to private school while she's against vouchers and all of those things, what she wants is dead babies. She wants a lot of dead babies and a lot of dead brown and black babies, actually. Um, she is a bad, bad woman. I don't like her very much. And uh, hopefully that, and that's the last time I have to think about Elizabeth Warren for the summer. Here is number nine. 50,000 Ukrainians will be dead or wounded. Yeah. And that this is going to start a humanitarian crisis, a refugee crisis in Europe. We're talking yeah. about 5 million people yeah. that, that are gonna be displaced. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking to hear what is going to happen. Yeah. Well, I'm scared of what's gonna happen in, in Western Europe too. Yeah. You know, you just, you plan a trip, you wanna go there, I wanna go to Italy for four years. I haven't been able to make it because of, of uh, the pandemic. And now this, you know, it's, yeah. it's like, who's gonna, what's gonna happen there? Yeah. I mean, of all of the clips of the insanity on The View, right? Like this was a nutty week for The View this week with Joy Behar and, and Whoopi pretending that there were Nazis at the Turning Point event. Whoopi basically denying the Holocaust that it had anything to do with race. Like of all of the insane things that they have said on The View, that one really holds a special place. That they're talking about the war in Ukraine and the five million refugees and the lives lost and the, all of the stuff and Joy can't go to Italy. Where is Joy Behar gonna get her mushroom risotto? She'll have to keep getting it on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, that poor woman. I mean, really just the, the myopic, self-absorbed insanity of the modern liberal is so perfectly encapsulated by the once sane Joy Behar. Here's number eight. My mother drove us, and rather than us be able to walk. And guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening. You had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. And why can't for the longest time, Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation. So that was about two weeks ago. It was the president of the United States announcing that he has cancer, having something to do with an oil slick way back when. And uh, the reason I thought that one was funny 
is because for only five minutes did people care that the president of the United States said he had cancer because pretty much everyone said, no, 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 it's not that he has cancer, it's that he has dementia, so let's just let it slide. The White House issued a statement saying that it was actually just, he, he screwed up the tents, he had cancer, meaning he's had some things removed, he does not have cancer, but it was just like a perfect example of the nonsense from this administration. This guy who can't do these anecdotes right anymore, who can't read these things right anymore, he thinks he has cancer, he doesn't know where he is, you know, it's just absolute insanity with this guy. And again, will he be president when I get back? I suppose we'll find out. Here's number seven. President Biden, he is saying he's gonna run again in 2024. Will you support him? Yeah, you know, I think uh, we should okay. endorse when we get to it. But I, I, I believe that the president has been doing a very good job uh, so far. And, um, you know, should he run again? I think that I, you know, I think it's, it's we'll take a look at it. Okay, <laughs> but right now we need to focus on winning a majority instead of a presidential election. So the reason we wanted to throw that one in, and you know, I take no great pleasure in showing you AOC videos, and trust me, there's a million things we could have shown you of her doing something stupid, is there was something bizarrely refreshing about AOC going on CNN and basically being like, no, we're done with Biden. And that's why she's laughing as she says it, because she knows it, but she knows she can't fully say it yet. Uh, but there was something kind of honest and refreshing about that. And the other thing is that that was an interesting moment because that was about a month ago now. And that was right when suddenly, if you remember before that, nobody in mainstream media was talking about what's wrong with Biden, right? Nobody was saying it. Yes, here we're saying it. Online shows are saying it. Rogan's saying it. Shapiro's saying it. You know, you're probably saying it in your, in your own circles. But AOC did that. And then it was one of those airlock moments. You know how we have these weird airlock moments where we all know something's true, but for some reason it can't get through mainstream media. Oh, could there be a Wuhan lab leak? Everyone's talking about it online for two years. Then finally, Jon Stewart goes on Colbert. He says it and then everyone can start talking about it, right? Hunter Biden laptop, we're all talking about it online, but nobody's saying anything. Then finally, New York Times two years later says something. Now everybody's talking about it. That was sort of an airlock moment. AOC, we're all talking about something's not right with Biden. AOC goes there, laughs about it. Boom. Now everyone's basically saying the Democrats are done with him and his time is up. So he's, he's dead man walking. I just thought that was an interesting sort of seminal moment. Number six. It's Independence Day. So let's talk about what's going on in America. Freedom, it's under attack in your state. Your Republican leaders, they're banning books, making it harder to vote, restricting speech in classrooms, even criminalizing women and doctors. I urge all of you living in Florida to join the fight or join us in California, where we still believe in freedom, freedom of speech, freedom to choose, freedom from hate, and the freedom to love. Don't let them take your freedom. Paid for by Newsom for California Governor 2020. Ooh, ooh, the blood could boil, even though I don't live under that guy anymore. I mean, really the most evil person in American politics today. Uh, and that's why he's the perfect Democrat, and that's why he probably will be the nominee after Biden, because that's how this thing operates. The, that, the fact that that swarmy, slimy, soulless, vapid nothing, that he dares even say the word freedom, uh, is, is so vile. He hates freedom. Uh, all, you guys know all the stuff that he's done and all the lockdowns and the destruction of California and that about 300,000 people have fled California and they've come here. Nobody, we couldn't find it. We scoured the internet. Could we find one nutbag 
who moved from Florida to California in all of these last years. We couldn't find any. U-Haul can't get trucks to go back that way. They go this way, so U-Haul's hurting. He's the number one U-Haul salesman. The guy is just absolutely the worst. He li Every single thing he said in that video was a lie, that they're coming for freedoms, and they're banning books in Florida, nonsense. Actually, in Cali, they're banning books because of words. They banned To Kill a Mockingbird in some California schools because of certain words they don't like. They're not coming for gays in Florida. Oh, he's just absolutely awful. You get it. Number five. The diversity of this community as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio, <laughs> is your strength. Of course, that was a couple weeks ago. Dr. Jill Biden, who you always have to mention, she's a doctor, otherwise you're racist. Uh, and Dr. Jill, of course, who clearly has not uh, examined her husband. Uh, she's also not that kind of doctor, but let's put that aside. Uh, just the endless pandering. It, it, that, the reason that that video went viral, because it was just the perfect example of the endless pandering that the Democrats do, much like Hillary Clinton. What does she do? She keeps hot sauce in her purse, right? Remember that? She keeps hot sauce in her purse when she's talking to black people, because black people must like spicy food, something like that. These people are just terrible, and they're, and they're getting hit with it at the end. Like, it's finally coming around where every time they do one of their, their pandering moments, Joe Biden, you know, Trump's gonna put you back in chains, and they use their fake accents when they're with these people, and all of these things. It's like, people are seeing it. They're so seeing right through it. It's just spectacular. Am I, am I under assault right now? Is the internet coming for me? Uh, these are not sponsors of the show. I don't know what those things are. <laughs> Number four. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? What a moment. I mean, that, that in some ways, we could have put that as number one, but I think you're going to dig the number one. But that moment when Ketanji Brown Jackson, who is now a Supreme Court justice, could not say what a woman is. And people kept saying, oh, it doesn't matter. It was a loaded question. Blah, blah. And it's like, well, actually, look at all the gender stuff that has even exploded even more in the, say, two months since then. Right now. And, and when you don't know what a woman is, then you don't know what a recession is. And you don't know what basic math is. These people do not want us to know anything that we do know that we have always accepted as true. And that in some ways is the most seminal moment of the year. You know, speaking of our background, freaking out a second ago, I should tell you guys, one of our little surprises for you when we get back in September, we're gonna have an all new background. You guys are gonna be doing work. I'm gonna be laying at the pool, but you guys are gonna be busting your asses working in August. Here's number three. There was no mental health issue with the individual who stole the futures of 19 children in Uvalde, Texas. All the crazy things that that woman has ever said. Joy Reid, and Joy Reid is a racist and a buffoon and just total clown and all that stuff. And there's all these rumors that MSNBC is gonna get rid of her. But the, the knee-jerk defense uh, by the mainstream media and by people like her to say that this is only about guns, that these shootings are only about guns. I mean, her implication right there, I mean, really, if you really think about it, the implication, this young man goes into 
this school. He shoots 19 people. I think it ended up being 17 kids and, and two teachers, if I'm not mistaken. He had no mental health issues. By definition, if you do that, you have severe mental health issues. I cannot imagine there is a psychologist or a psychiatrist on earth that would say, if you shoot all of these people unjustly, you murder in cold blood all of these children, you have no mental health issues. It's, it's, that is insane. She has mental health issues, truly. I truly believe that. That is a woman with serious mental health issues. But because they believe in narrative over reality, right? They believe in narrative over fact, she needs to throw out that because what does she want to happen when, when someone gets shot? It's immediately, well, how can we do this to infringe on other people's rights? How can we come for guns? What can we do politically to have more power over people? But again, in the theme of today and these throwback clips, it's like more and more people are seeing it. More and more people are seeing that Gavin Newsom's a liar, that Elizabeth Warren wants to murder babies, that these people have no basic understanding of our rights or anything else. And here is number two. I mean, sad, right? Like it's sad. Again, like I'm not a Biden guy. I don't like what this guy's done to the country. I don't think he knows what he's doing or where he is half the time. But that disrespect, that shade thrown by Obama, who I regret voting for twice. I really regret. I think Barack Obama has turned out to be an absolutely uh, terrible, uh, terrible person. He's just, he's just everything that I'm pushing against, right? Um, the smugness, like he knows, they don't just let uh, people touch him, right? People aren't just allowed to touch him. He knew that the president's hand was on his shoulder there and he didn't care. That shit eating grin while he's ignoring the president and Kamala ignoring the president and Biden not knowing where to go or who to talk to. And it's like, who's in charge, right? We always say, who's really in charge? And maybe we got a little glimpse of it right there as to who really is in charge. Because who, who seemed more in control of that room right there? Who were people excited to see right there? Was it Joe Biden? Hey, where am I? Someone talk to me, Brock, Brock. Or was it the guy shit-eating grin? I mean, that's the definition of shit-eating grin as he is ignoring the president of the United States. And this one, so you may ask, well, that Joy Reid one that I showed you before, some of these, any, any of these could have been number one, but this is the one that clearly is number one and you will understand why. It's just such an unbelievable moment. Brandon, you also told me, as you can hear the chants from the, the crowd, let's go, Brandon. Brandon, That's you right. told me you were gonna kind of hang back those first two stages and just watch and learn. What did you learn that helped you there in those closing laps? Oh my God, it was uh, learning how each line didn't uh, stay to one and everything shifted top to bottom so much that it was kind of like okay let's just stay patient where we're at and hope it's just so perfect so in case you forgot that was back in september right 
And that was the moment that that kid, Brandon, NASCAR driver Brandon, he's being interviewed and everyone in the crowd is chanting, fuck Joe Biden. That's what they're saying. But the media runs cover. So instead she took fuck Joe Biden and she turned it into let's go Brandon. And it became a meme and it's on t-shirts and everything else. Uh, by the way, we're going to give away a couple of these too today for people that sign up. If you go to rubenreport.com slash support, you will get three months off an annual subscription and we're just going to send out a whole bunch of shirts and a whole bunch of Ruben Report shirts uh, and much more. But that really is the moment of the year. That really is the moment of the year because that meme, it captured a feeling. It captured what we were all trying to say but couldn't quite figure out how to say it, maybe a little whatever. And, and it was funny and irreverent, and then of course the media started running all these stories that people who say, let's go Brandon, are white supremacists, and all of the stuff. Um, but also having the media cover for him, it was that to me is the moment of the year. So since last September uh, to right now, that really, really was the moment of the year. Oh, I should remember, uh, or remind you guys rather, that uh, this afternoon at five o'clock, am I right, five o'clock? I think we're doing it at five o'clock? At five o'clock. Uh, I'm going to be having drinks with the locals community. So we're going to be doing a separate live stream. This will be my official off the grid. Goodbye. That's it. And, and we'll get, we'll get real personal. We're gonna, I'm going to drink some tequila. You could drink your drink of choice. And uh, that will be a, a locals exclusive live stream. Again, it's rubenreport.locals.com. Uh, so let's get to a couple more questions and, uh, and then we'll see what else we got. I think we got a couple announcements and then, uh, We'll move on with our lives. Uh, Sweetwater says, how does David feel about the move since he's left Cali to Florida? You know, it took him a little while. I got here and I was like, balls to the wall. Like, I love the place. I love the lizards and the peacocks and the humidity and everything. And, you know, I'm getting invited to all these things with the governor and the mayor. And I'm just like loving it from the second we got here. It took him a little while longer because he had to deal with some more of the nitty gritty of our life. Uh, we had a lot of work that we had to do at the house, as I've told you. Uh, we had to get, you know, things, our staff in order and like all of that kind of stuff. I think he also in California, we, you know, despite the insanity of California, we had a good life in California. We had, we had good friends. We, we had a good thing going. We had a, we had a beautiful home. And we really had stuff that was good. And, and, a, and we had put something together that was cohesive and felt right. Uh, man, because he doesn't care about politics the way that I do, I'd be at, it'd be the end of the day, you know, we'd be you know, like in the pool and I'd be just going on and on about lockdowns and masks and these, and I hate this guy and Gavin Newsom and blah, blah. And he'd be like, uh, you know, what do you want for dinner? You know, like he just doesn't care about that stuff that much. So I was more frustrated. So I was definitely the one that kind of pushed it more. Um, but as he has said to me, I'm very happy to say that as he has said to me many times over the last couple of weeks, he, he really is happy here. He's very excited now about the kids and the life that we've built here and we've, we've done a lot to the house so it feels like ours now and uh yeah it took it took a little while you know because if you're if you're in the thick of it if you're in the thick of it you feel things that other people who are just kind of going about their lives don't necessarily feel i think that's kind of why we why we work we have sort of different our sort of basic outlook of the world is the same but our sort of granular stuff is a little bit different. I think that's kind of what you want when you, when you find somebody to do the life thing with. Why not, huh? Uh, Cobalt says, have you used your pool or enjoyed the beach? It's hot enough to enjoy the water each day. So yes, we get in the pool one way or another. I try, even if it's just at the end of the day, literally to just jump in for a second. But I will tell you this, Miami pool, summer, uh, that pool, our pool is literally, well, you guys are in, we go, uh, have you ever been in a hotter pool? 
like, I kid you not, we don't heat this thing. We do not heat this thing. It's about 95 degrees because it's hot every day here, obviously. And you know, this is interesting. I didn't know this. Because of the humidity, if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. Because of the humidity, especially in, in Florida in the summer, the water, the air is so dense with water, right? That humid air that the water is not evaporating. So your pool, which is basically, you know, being beaten down with sun all day long, and now it's not evaporating the way it normally would. It's just warming up and warming up and warming up. So if it's like 92 degrees outside and I jump in a 95 degree pool, it's hot. Like I get in there and I'm like cooking sometimes. Like you can legit sweat in the pool. I'm not complaining though. I love Florida. I'm never leaving. They are gonna bury me in the Everglades. Like that's it for me. Um, and uh, we haven't been to the beach too much actually. We've just been so busy. But actually one thing we've discussed is if we have a little time before the babies, now we're trying to do some beach stuff. Uh, next week. Tony says, if you could remake or reboot one movie, what would it be? Oh man, that's a good one. My easy answer is, you know, if there was any chance, but I just don't have a chance, you know, any chance anymore with Disney and everything else. It's like Star Wars needs to be blown apart from the beginning and just completely rethought at every freaking level. And you take some of the lore and you just redo absolutely everything. But Disney's got it. I'm kind of done with Star Wars. It's, it's sad for me. Maybe that's a little facet of also like becoming a father now. It's like I have to let some of my old childhood stuff go, although I will introduce these kids at least to the originals and the prequels. Or, or We'll have to figure all that stuff out. Um, but what movie would I reboot? Reboot or... Uh, let me think. Let me think for a second. I want to think of a great 80s movie that we could bring back that would be awesome. Uh... Well, I, originally I went to Total Recall because it's my favorite Schwarzenegger movie, but they did reboot that. The reboot sucked. He didn't even go to Mars. I mean, completely ridiculous. Get your ass to Mars. Great line in the original. Then they don't even send them to Mars in this one. Um, what would be a great 80s reboot? I wonder if you could do, you know, I don't remember the last time I saw, what's the last funny movie you guys saw? You guys seen anything funny? Is there anything funny anymore? Anything? Anchorman from like 20 years ago, Anchorman. Uh, I wonder if you could do like a reboot of like an airplane, you know, like I think we could use maybe like a little more like slapstick sort of ridiculous over the top comedy these days. I think something like that could kind of work, you know, like you get some of those references and some of the kind of completely ridiculous stuff. It seems like we need more of that, like just more like in your face, smackdown comedy. I think something like that would work. Uh, Chuck says, what are a couple of the most important things you want to pass along as a new parent? I mean, I've hit on that a little bit. Um, I think the main one is like, it's, it's basically find your path, find it somehow. I, I hope I will give these kids, I hope that we will give these kids like some of the right tools. Uh, as Jordan was saying to me the other night, like if, that we will put up the walls that you're not allowed to bash right through and that, and they will bang their heads in them and occasionally they'll maybe crack them or something, but that will have given enough sanity and clarity and truth along the way that they'll be able to figure out what their path is. I hope, uh, well, I can say one thing for sure. I hope they don't become a lefty. You know what I mean? I, what if I had a kid who was a lefty? Like, what if my son comes home and he says, I'm a girl and I'm a, I'm a girl and I'm a, uh, you know, Democrat. Oh God. Thinking about this, I'm starting to freak. <laughs> Jacob. How do you insulate yourself from the news during off the grid? You know, it can get really tough because sometimes in some ways it's easy. When we've gone away, so if I'm in literally like the middle of nowhere in the rainforest, it's very, very easy. Uh, but there, you know, when there were times when I was home, 
like uh, the year before last when COVID was, was really going nuts and you couldn't go anywhere. So we basically just hunkered down. Uh, no, wait, was that last year or the year before? Yeah, it was last year, two years ago, right? When the midst of COVID was nuts. So we couldn't go anywhere. We just kind of hunkered down at home. Um, you know, but I was still like, if I would wander out to the store or whatever, TVs are everywhere now, which kind of sucks. Like you're always inundated with information, billboards that are digital showing you information. Uh, you walk past a store and they've got CNN on or whatever it might be. You go to the gym, you know, over the years it was tough. Like if I went to the gym, um, you know, they have TVs everywhere and they don't have audio on necessarily, but you're seeing headlines. So I would always wear my hat real low and I'd kind of never look up like it, it, it becomes difficult. It really does. But I've never had in all the years, uh, I've never had anything really major blown to me. Like no one has, you know, walked up to me and just said this happened or that happened. I've, I've managed to do it. Um, I guess it'll be pretty easy this year. Uh, we'll, we'll have family here, but we're really just going to kind of kind of stick here and focus on family and, and just our lives. So I, I think this will probably in some ways be the easiest of all of them. Even when we've gone to resorts or wherever, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, you go sit down for breakfast and they either bring you the newspaper or they bring you some printout of what's going on in the world. Um, so it can be, it can be tricky, but we've, we've managed to do it. And I hope I know many of you, I've seen a lot of comments in the locals community. I know a lot of you are going to take, do some degree of off the grid, probably not for a month, maybe for a weekend or just maybe you'll stick with email or whatever for work, but not do the social media thing. I really think it's how we'll get off this stuff. I really do. I think it's how we reset this stuff. I just, I just fundamentally believe it. Uh, Erica, Erica says, Dave, if something massive happens in August and your people need you, would you come in and chat? What if we promise extra guacamole? Uh, I do appreciate the extra guacamole. Um, what if something, no. I, you know, like what could happen that would, look, if, if, if say a nuclear bomb dropped somewhere, what am I going to do? What do you need to see me for? You know, honestly, you know, what, what are we going to do? You'll be okay for a couple of days without me, or you'll be incinerated. In which case, you know, um, I don't think I would come back for anything. I, I can't imagine, you know, one thing we've discussed, um, you know, and, and I should say that uh, we do have a way, David does off the grid for the most part. He's not big on social media anyway, but we do have like an emergency burner phone that if a family member needed to get us, or if there was a major health emergency, that kind of stuff that we're able to, to be uh, gotten in touch with. Um, but you know, if, if I can't imagine a political event or a current news event that would bring me back, the whole point is to ignore it no matter what. So it's like, again, if, if Biden, goes down or literally a war starts or, you know, one thing we would need to know, and we actually did discuss this one somewhat seriously is, you know, Miami, especially South Florida, we get hurricanes here, like serious hurricanes. So I don't want to not know that a hurricane is a coming or that a hurricane is a brewing. They're always a coming or a brewing. And so we would need to know that. So we have told people you can contact David if we are going to be in the eye of the storm. Like if I'm on my way to the, you know, Oz because of the twister, it's like, we would like to know about that, but, but that's pretty much it. Uh, Chuck says, who's a more, ner who's more nervous to be a parent, you or David? Um, I would say he's more nervous because, because he's doing all like the real stuff right now that, you know, I'm, I'm really focused on all of this. And after today, I can kind of put the work stuff behind me and I can get a little more involved, but he's been doing the bottles. He's been getting the breast milk. He's been doing the, uh, the strollers and all of the baby beds and the changing stations and the diapers and all that stuff. And it's like, you think about it, if you think about it this way, guys, you take all the crying 
and the pooping and the screaming. And now we're going to add a kid into that. It's a lot. Come on, you still love that joke. You've heard that five times. But I don't think I've said it on the show yet. You know, I have. I have said it. <laughs> wow, you all just... <laughs> Yes, Dave, you've told that stupid joke. You all just looked at me at the same time and going, we're getting off the grid. I've had just about enough of your nonsense. Um, all right, guys, quick radio reset. Then I'm just going to make one or two announcements, and then I think we'll wrap it up. We've gone for about an hour and a half. I, I, think, that's, I think that's more than enough uh, for today. Um, if you have not joined us already, this is the one day you can do it. Uh, to get three months free off the annual subscription, rubenreport.com slash support and join us in the locals community. And yeah, we will post when, uh, when baby number one is born and all that uh, good stuff. Um, I also want to take a moment right now. Um, well, first let's do, uh, I'm going to do it in the reverse order. Uh, one thing that happened this year that actually was not great, was actually probably the saddest moment for me this year, uh, is that my, my good friend, Bob Saget, legendary comedian, host of uh, America's Funniest Home Videos and Danny Tanner on Full House. Uh, Bob passed away out of nowhere. And uh, it was really, Bob had become a great friend of mine out of nowhere. He, one day I was, when I finally started doing stand-up again a couple years ago in LA, I was at the Comedy Store, which is like the spot in Hollywood. And I was in the small room upstairs because I didn't want to do anything major yet. I didn't make a big announcement. I just wanted to kind of get my chops again. And I, I was upstairs and I got a, a message on Twitter after uh, from a girl named Kelly. And she said, Hey, uh, I'm actually downstairs right now. You may know my husband, Bob Saget. He's performing downstairs. You're upstairs. I'm a big fan. I'd love to meet you. Uh, we, the four of us went out to dinner. We quickly hit it off. Bob and Kelly became two of our best friends, uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, and you know, Bob passed away out of nowhere. Uh, it was in December, right? When we got here, I was at a bar with Michael. We were doing shows. It was that first week that we were back doing shows. Um, and we were sitting at a bar and Michael, I saw his phone while we were sitting there and he kind of turned it away because I don't think he wanted me to see it while we were just sitting there right there. But I saw it and uh, then everyone at the bar, we were at a, a Mexican place and it was packed. And I kid you not, over the next five or 10 minutes, I saw every single person at the bar looking at their phone. People very upset, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it turned out a couple of people recognized me. We started talking. We, I ended up buying shots for everybody at the bar and, and everyone's telling their Bob Saget stories. And uh, I miss Bob terribly. He was, he was really just a great man. And I thought if I could just do one little extra tribute to my friend who, uh, who we lost this year, uh, here's a moment of, uh, of Bob on the show. To be a good comic, you have to have a ton of shit. Like you have to have all this pain and all this angst and all this stuff. But then at some point, you gotta conquer it because otherwise it'll conquer you, and that's why so many comics die of drug overdoses and all this other stuff. And but still, if you and can still own are it, dying young. And are, and yeah, but if you can own it, then you could be sixty-two. And well, I'm gonna be doing. I don't know if I'm gonna be doing stand-up at ninety, but I'll be doing forms of it. Yeah, you know, you couldn't stop even if you wanted to, right? I could not stop working. I I, I just directed this movie, Benjamin which I'll talk about at length in the third hour of our interview. <laughs> but but I... I have to leave after hour two, but you're welcome to I'm going to stay. Yeah, We're yeah. just going to keep going. It's just going to be me and the camera. <laughs> but but I I love working. Without it, I, I, I'm i an artist. I, I, and it sounds so fruity pebbles to say that, but I just am. And I always will be. And I'll be making, whether it be directing or writing or performing, I love acting. There's no limit, 
as long as you can stand and walk and bend and remember things, you know, it, you know, yeah. not fall into an open trunk. <laughs> right. The memory one goes first because now there's guys on Broadway that are using uh, IFBs, IFB, earwigs. I, yeah. I was gonna say uh, IB, IB. I was gonna, what's the intercontinental? IBMs. I, <laughs> Missiles? Yeah, not those. That's a, that's a different no, thing. No, that has been known, and I hopefully will uh, live long enough that at 92 years old, I'll be on Broadway, and I'll have an earwig in, and they'll feed me the lines, and I don't care. Ah, I miss you, Bobby. I love you. Um, so that was, that was kind of the one uh, down thing for the year. Uh, and on a, on a quick little transition there, I don't know how you totally transition out of that. Uh, I have to turn to my left for a moment uh, and thank this guy over here, uh, my producer, Michael. This is his last day with the Rubin Report. We hired Michael uh, two and a half years ago. It's hard to remember any of this thing without you. Um, and we thought he was going to kind of do some PR for us and maybe some graphics for us. And very, very quickly, uh, Michael basically took over the entire show and became the producer and joined me on all of my uh, adventures and became my tour manager in many ways, became my manager and became a friend and all of those things. And, uh, and he did screw that up just now. So that's it, Michael. Actually, I, you're not paying you to, we were going to pay you to the end of the day, uh, but that's it. Um, Um, but he has done incredible work here and helped us build the team that, that's in this room, Phoenix and Connor. And Michael put uh, so much of this together. And I think so many of the, you know, the reason that this show is continually growing and every month, basically, we break our records across views and downloads and listens. And I think part of the reason that I'm better at what I do is that Michael helped get a lot of the clerical stuff that I was dealing with and the nonsense out of the way. Uh, he is staying in Miami. He is uh, moving on to, to a, he just had a great opportunity. I don't think he's angry at me. This is, you're not angry at me, are you? Okay, he's not angry at me. Uh, no, I'm very happy for him. David's very happy for him. He's gonna do awesome things. Maybe we'll collaborate on some things in the future. Uh, we shall see. Uh, so uh, I felt it was worthy of telling you good people. And uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna add some team members and do a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, so the other thing is I will be back uh, on September 1st. As you know, uh, the Locals Studio will be officially built and ready to roll, a uh, very special guest who will bring me back on the grid. Then I'm gonna make a couple other announcements in September. I, we were, thought maybe we could do a couple things today, uh, but I don't, wanna, I don't wanna tease too much actually at the moment. Um, but y- this is just the beginning again. I always say to David at this time of the year, I'm just like, man, we're just back at the beginning again. And that is ho- how I always feel. It's like every year that we've done this, we've managed to grow this thing. I think we're doing I honestly think maybe it's not for me to say, but I think I'm doing the best work that I've ever done, which is in large part because uh, of these guys. And, uh, and, it's, and it's hugely, it's bigly because of you guys. Uh, to go on that tour, meet you guys and say, Dave, you helped keep me sane throughout this. And the love that I get from you guys, and I do these meet and greets and literally hundreds of people waiting just to freaking shake my hand and hug me or smile at me or say something to me. The amount of people that have given us baby gifts or tequila, I prefer the tequila, but you've also given us baby gifts and hand-painted drawings and like just, I am, uh, I am humbled and honored and I thank you for uh, allowing me to be part of your life. I hope you miss me a little bit, but I also hope that you take a little time off in, in whatever your own way is over August. It's like if there's ever a month to do it, it's August, right? And remember, it all kicks up again in, in the fall, right? We're going to have this midterm all these elections, all the craziness. Um, But if you can maybe take your foot off the pedal a little bit too, 
Uh, I really think that that's not only how we'll stay sane, but it is how we'll win this thing because there's a lot of other stuff out there. So as much as I love doing all this, like I was even thinking about it this morning, like I will miss being in studio on Monday. I, I love what I'm doing. It's, this has nothing to do with not loving it, not thinking it's important or anything else. But there's also other things that are important too. So, uh, well, I guess the next time you see me, I'll be a dad. And maybe some of you will be too. I don't know what you guys are doing. Uh, but we will be doing a, a live stream with drinks later for the locals community. So you can join us at rubenreport.locals.com if you want to have some drinks with us later. And then I'm cooking steaks for these guys. Michael, we're letting you go with the steak. Will that be all right? I got a big freaking filet mignon. It's like this. It's huge, huge. Oh, and one other thing. Thank you for mentioning that. Uh, we will have content all month. So one of the things I, I try to balance in August is should we put up pre-recorded stuff or just go silent altogether? And, and one of the things is, and this is like a little insider baseball, but I think it's important for you to know how I, how I think about this stuff and how we come to these conclusions. You know, if we put up nothing on YouTube, it's one thing for me not to tweet. It's one thing for me not to put anything on Instagram or Facebook, whatever. Uh, if we put nothing up on YouTube over the month, the algorithm actually kind of pushes you out. So over the years, we've usually put up one interview or one clip a week, two clips a week, something like that. And then what happens is when we come back in September, the algorithm has so far pushed us out, like people aren't watching because they see, oh wait, you guys have got all these people watching. Suddenly nobody's watching for a month. The algorithm can just basically unperson you. So one of the things that we felt was really important is I really, really want to keep the momentum that we've got going. So we did shoot some really funny stuff. So first off, I, I shot a couple interviews. Uh, you're gonna get an interview with Adam Carolla. Uh, we've got Jedediah, Jedediah Baila, a couple other people, uh, Robert Kiyosaki. Like we've got some really, really fun interviews, but, but here's the other part. Um, we did all of these sort of generic intros for crazy clips. Like, here's something, I'm off the grid, but here's something that the crazy ladies of The View did, or here's Joy Reid going bananas, or the alien apocalypse has begun, or the world ended, or Joe Biden's dead, or whatever. I just shot like 50 of these things so we could sh keep showing you clips. So I will not know what's going on. I've handed this to Phoenix, okay? He's young, he's a Padawan, but I said to him, can you pick the clips? And then I said to Connor, can you edit me in? I will not know what's going on, but the clips will keep coming. That way the channel stays strong so that when we get into September. So don't worry. If, if you want clips and silly stuff, it will all be there. I just won't have any clue what's going on. Uh, so that is the plan for August. And uh, that's all that I got to say about that. So I thank you guys for being part of the adventure. This is just the beginning. Enjoy the rest of your summer. And uh, as they say in that song, See you in September. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Ruben Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubenreport.locals.com.